0: They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is very exciting for me to be here. I'm going to put my phone down. See I knew there wasn't going to be a, phone, uh, a clock here, and I know you want me to end on time, so I need to know what time it is, so at least I can look at the time. Word of Life is, is a youth ministry. We're in 79 countries around the world. We've been in Australia since 1970. We were located for 30-some-odd uh, years in Wiseman's Ferry, St. Albans. We had a, a camp and a Bible college. But our heartbeat is evangelism and discipleship. And as a staff, we got together and we realized camping was changing in Australia. We kept asking people to come to us so we can preach to them. But we made a decision to sell our camp property and go to where the young people And so since 2005, 2006, we have a mobile ministry. We travel up and down the the coast, the cities, inland, uh, been to Ningen and uh, down to Melbourne. And Lord willing, we'll expand to uh, the other states in Australia. But we go with the same passion, and that is the evangelism and discipleship of young people. We want to present the word of God, and so we have our kickoff. It's a fun, crazy night, loud, noisy, but we stop in the middle and we share the truths of the word of God, the gospel. But we like working with local churches because we're you know we're here and we're gone. It's men like Les who's going to be the, he's in the scripture, he's with the people, he's connecting with the young people, and pray that these young people that started to come to youth group. Come again this Friday night. Pray hard this week that we can get a hold of the young people and instill in them the godly values that they need to have. Now, I know you look at me and you say, what is an old man like you doing with a youth ministry? Well, I have a saying. If you want to stay young, run with the youth. If you want to die young, try to keep up with them. I can't quite do that anymore, but it's still exciting to be able to travel with these young people and watch them do the ministry and help train them, help talk with them, and see how God uses them to reach this generation with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm um, chapter uh, 1 and find my glasses here. And what we're going to be looking at today is... um. Living a life with no regrets. I'm going to move this because it's going to bother me. Trying to live a life with no regrets. Now, how many people here use a GPS? Okay. How many people here use a GPS on your phone? How many people here can still read a map? Okay, good, good. So my wife and I, for our 30th wedding anniversary, we flew down to Melbourne and we were around the town, And but we rented a car. We wanted to go to... Phillips Island, and, and I just brought a GPS, and I'm learning the technology. I was so excited I'm going to be able to use this, and I plugged it into the cigarette lighter, you know, and we're driving down in a rented car. Boom. Battery died. The Jeep, The battery charger didn't work. Now, good thing I'm of the old generation. Well, good thing my wife is the old generation who knows how to read a map, okay? So we had a little flyer with a little square map on this. Now, I looked at the map, and I said, we should turn left. And my wife said, we should turn right. So being a bloke, that's what I did? I went left, started driving left, and going down and going down and going down, and realized I am going the wrong way. Finally, I humbled myself, turned around, obeyed my wife, and started driving As we come into the Word of God today, guys, the Word of God is our GPS. It's our guide to when we come to a fork in the road. When we need to choose, do we go to the left or do we go to the right? And it's in the Word of God, and we're going to see that in Psalm 1. And we're going to see how we can live our life with no regrets. But all of us are at a fork in the road. Because at any time, we can choose to go the wrong way. But we need to learn to choose. And it's a daily thing of going the right way. So let's have a word of prayer as we look into God's Word today. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the privilege we have to study your Word. And what we ask today is that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher. And that today we'll walk out of your house saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord, because the Spirit of God has used His Word in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Psalm 1 is a great psalm. It's a psalm that I, I love and often share with. And, and today, what I want to do is give you a map that's going to lead you on a lifelong journey that will help you live a life on the road of God's blessings. We're going to see three negative things, two positive things, and then we're going to see a great word picture. The psalmist starts out saying, blessed is the man. That word blessed, you you may have read, you may have heard people say it means happy or oh, how very happy. And that's what it means. Happy is the man. But I want you to picture it like this. Why is this man blessed? Why can we be blessed? Picture God's face shining down upon us. Now, earlier this morning, four of us got together to pray. You know where we went? Out into the sun. And picture it like that. I called my grandson, I called my wife, my grandson was there, he's four years old, and I said, Hudson, is it cold? I live in Musselbrook, New South Wales. Yesterday morning it was minus four. Uh, a little, it gets a little chilly in Musselbrook. So I said, Hudson, is it cold there? And he said, not in the sun. You know? So he knows where to go. Guys, so picture being blessed is God's face shining upon you. Deuteronomy chapter six verse twenty four and following says, "Bless the Lord! May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up your countenance on may the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace." That's the the blessing that the priests were to give to the people. May God's face shine upon you. So to be blessed of God means to have his face shining upon you. Listen to this. Both in the good times and the bad times. Both in the shade and in the sun. To be blessed of God is where God's face shines upon you. On Wednesday, my wife's going to fly down to Melbourne to have a procedure because that's the only place where they do this. She's been suffering Um, chronic pelvic floor pain for the past uh, 15 years and constantly in pain. But if she was here today, you wouldn't know it. Because she has learned to live within the grace of God and God gives her the ability. But we understand what it's like to look for God's blessings in the hard times. God always blesses us, good times and hard times. Of course, the good times, it's easier to take God's blessing. Well, the psalmist goes on to write, he's going to tell us three things on how to receive that blessing. And he writes for us, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. The word counsel, I looked it up online, it means advice, opinion, instruction given in directing the judgment or conduct of another. So I got a question for you. Where do you get your counsel from? Where does your advice come from? So today, how many of you are on Facebook? right. Today, we look at Facebook. We can see many things on Facebook. Google. How many people here had to repair something or fix something and YouTubed it? Well, I have. I, you, know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to buy a manual for anything. Just Google it, and you're going to find out how to do it. So we can find our advice from Facebook, from YouTube, from the Internet. Movies. Commercials. TVs, magazines, books, newspapers, friends, teachers, parents. There's many places where we get advice from. We get counsel from. And it's not necessarily these places are bad. There are some good things. I have friends who are sh- preaching on, on YouTube, and I'm learning a lot about evangelism. He's doing live videos, and, and, and I'm trying to follow them all once a week, and, and I'm learning things. And there's also people, I have a lot of unsaved family, and, you know, some of the stuff they put on. It's not that these things are bad, but our counsel needs to be filtered through the Word of God, our advice. Now, I go to the doctor. My doctor's not a Christian, and she tells me to take these pills. Well, do I not listen to her because she's not a Christian? No, there's some great counsel and advice from unsaved people. But you filter it through the Word of God. Good friends of mine, he's an Aussie bloke who married an American girl, so they live in the States. Um, long story, but... They were told they're going to have a Down syndrome child. Of course, what did the doctor tell them to do? Abort the baby. But they didn't. And you know what the Lord has done through their ministry, through, with them through Jack, their Down syndrome son? He has developed a ministry where he is ministering to parents who have special needs children. But if he followed the advice, because sometimes the advice we get is ungodly. Our advice needs to be filtered through the Word of God. So the blessed man, the blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So my question for you today is, is your worldview based on biblical principles? Are your actions or reactions in life based on biblical principles? Now, We need to know what the Word of God says so that when a new, when, when you know, the guy cuts you off when you're driving down the road, sometimes my first reaction. But I need to allow the Word of God to guard my heart and mind. So the psalmist goes on. He says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. In Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul is defending the resurrection. This is a church that needs a lot of correction. And he gets to the resurrection because there were some people within the church saying the resurrection of Jesus Christ hasn't happened and it's not going to happen. So he spends his whole chapter on defending this. You get down to verse um, 30, I think it is. He says this, and why are we, this is, why Why am I, why aren't those, you know, my men going with me, why are we in danger every hour if the resurrection hasn't happened? Why am I out preaching? I protest, brothers, in my pride to you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. He says, why in the world am I sacrificing so much to take the message of the resurrection out if the resurrection hasn't happened? And then he says, uh, verse thirty two, what do I gain if humanly speaking I fought with beasts, wild beasts at, Ephesus, at at Ephesus, if the death is not raised? Then he says, Let's eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. So the Apostle Paul says, If the resurrection of Jesus Christ hasn't happened, why am I meeting why are we meeting every Sunday? Why are we doing all this works and everything up? And then he says this. this is what I want to get to. He says, do not be seed. bad company ruins good morals. So to be blessed, first thing you do, you don't walk in the counsel and the advice of the ungodly. You allow what people say to be filtered through the word of God. And then you don't um, uh, get my right. You don't stand in the path of sinners. The people you hang around with is going to affect you. Does that mean we need to get into a cloister? We need to, you know, start Evans Head West and, you know, just be all the Christians in town? No, because if we do that, we will never be able to evangelize our friends and our neighbors. But you have to be the influencer. You have to be the, yeah, so, so he swears, you just put up with it. But they say, hey, let's go watch this movie. And you know, this movie is full of sex and language. You go have a good time. But we'll, we'll meet over here at the club when you're done and enjoy one another together. It's where you become the influencer. So the psalmist says, if you want God's blessing upon your life, it says, blessed is he who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful or of the mocker. To scorn or to mock is the opposite of praise. Notice the progression here. If you want God's blessing, if you want God's face shining upon you, first, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly then you don't stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Because what happens, and I've seen this time and time. I've been working with young people now for over 35 years. There's young people who sat under under the teaching of the Word of God for a year, who started walking in the counsel of the ungodly, who started standing with the listening And standing with them, now they're sitting, scoffing Christianity. If you want to be blessed by God, don't do the three negatives. Do the two positives. Verse 2 says, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. The word delight means a high degree of pleasure, enjoyment, something that gives you great pleasure. Now, how many of you have a phone that when it rings, somebody's picture comes up on it? Anybody? Yeah, one or two of you. So I do. You know, my phone rings, picture comes up. Now my wife calls me. That gives me joy. But when Martin Garcia calls me, he's the boss. You know? He's the boss, you know. I, I We're up in Lakewood. I, I live down in Musselbrook. A lot of my work is online, so I get phone calls, you know. Oh, no, Martin. You know, that usually means work, you know. But, guys, what gives you a high degree of pleasure? My grandkids do. You know, I called my wife and my grandson answered. It's a joy to talk to my... A four-year-old, and he's just learning how to express himself on on the phone. My wife does. You know, it's good to go home and see my wife. I always miss her when I when I travel. Teaching the Word of God gives me a great pleasure. I enjoy teaching and sharing the Word of God. Reading a good book, I, I like to read. Watching a great movie, I, I like watching good movies, or talking to people about God. I'm not a sportsy person. You know, um, Les is a football player. That's great. I'm glad he likes running out there and getting knocked all over the place. You know, that doesn't give me pleasure. But you know, there's many things he does. Well, it says, um, the psalmist says, blessed is the man who doesn't do the three negatives, but he delights in the Word of God. So, does the Word of God give you a great deal of pleasure, high degree of pleasure. Do you read it? Do you study it? Do you look forward to coming to church where the Word of God's going to be taught? Do you like your, your life groups where you're able to sit and talk about the Word of God? Well, the second thing you do if you want God's blessing upon your life, if you want his face shining upon you, you delight in the word of God, and then you meditate in it day and night. To medinate, meditate means to engage in thought, in contemplation, to reflect, to think about something over and over and over again. So my question to you, do you meditate on the word of God? One of the um, things of our ministry is to teach young people to have their devotions, or we call it quiet time. It's something I'm very passionate about. When I was first saved, I got saved at the age of 20. Um, I went to an American Baptist church who was pastored by a Presbyterian-trained pastor. Um, Kind of a weird combination. But he had a great desire for young people. But I went there eight years, and I didn't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. So I'm now 20, and I come back, and he had us tell us how camp was, and I tell him I got saved. And he took me under his wing, and one of the things he did, he, he sent me to hear a, uh, a seminar for young people. It was 40 hours long throughout the week, you know, like three hours every night, all day Thursday, all day Friday, and then on the Saturday. But one of the things I learned from that seminar is I was challenged to read the Word of God for five minutes a day for the rest of my life. And it was a vow. The guy said, I want you to make a vow. And I still remember I made that vow. Now, I will answer for it because I haven't been perfect in reading the Word of God every day. But pretty much so. Every day I've picked up His Word and I've read it. And it's changed my life. You know, and if we can get young people and older people alike to get into the Word of God, it will help change our lives. So here I am working with young people, and I want to define where's the command. Thou shall read the Word of God. There's no command to read the Word of God. The word read in past tense is used a lot in the New Testament by Jesus, where he looks at the Pharisees, and says, have you not Read. A king of Israel in Deuteronomy, he was told that he needs to write out the the Pentateuch probably, and he was to read it every day. In Nehemiah, Ezra the priest set up a pulpit, and he read the Word of God to the people. And there's a few other times where the Word of God was read, but were never commanded to read the Word of God. And it Bothered me because I'm in a ministry, you want young people to read the Word of God. You're not one of that verse behind me. Well, it's not there. And it dawned on me why. When was the printing press invented? About 1450. People didn't have copies of the Word of God. And so, you know what they had to do when, when, when you read the word meditate in the Old Testament? You know what an Old Testament saint had to do when it comes, came to the Word of God? They had to memorize it so they could meditate on it. We have a little bit easier because we can have copies of the Word of God in a book or on our app. And I read something interesting uh, on Facebook just the other day. Our, the international director of the Word of Life Ministry, there's, a, uh, there's 13 Bible colleges, uh, Bible um, universities. We're one-year colleges with Word of Life around the world. And there's an international gathering of all them. We got them in Africa and Asia, the Philippines and South America. And they're all gathered together. And he preached a message, and he says, you've often heard that, that you know, Bibles are on the shelf gathering dust. And he says, I want to say something else. Your app is usually hidden. Your Bible app is usually hidden two, three pages back in there. I want the challenges. Get a hold of the Word of God and begin to read it, to meditate it, to think upon it. I think there's three ways we need to approach the Word of God. We need to do it for our devotions. This is our daily reading. Whether you you have a... a a program like World of Life has, whether you just start, you know, in, in mark and continue to read, whether you read the Daily Bread, whether you have your favorite favorite uh, organization who gives you a, a little reading, tells you to read, we need to have our devotions. Then we need to approach the Word of God for information. This is where you just read it. You don't try to study it. You just want to see the big picture from Genesis revelation you want to go through the bible time and time and time again and the more you get into it the more you're going to know the more you're going to understand it Uh, i my program my personal program is i i read the old testament once a year the new testament twice a year psalms and proverbs four times a year and my favorite saying about the my bible reading i'm always behind and sometimes I get caught up, sometimes I don't. So you, so you approach the Word of God for devotions. Then you approach the Word of God for information where you just read it. Then you approach the Word of God for understanding. And this is where you come to church, expecting to learn. You know, your, your pastor, your preacher spent time studying the Word of God to teach you. This is where you go to your, your life groups because people there have studied the Word of God to teach you. And this is where you get out the book. And I go to Google. Make sure you go to good sites and say, what does this mean? We need to approach the word of God. So if we want God's blessing upon our life, if we want God's uh, face shining upon us, there's three negatives we don't do, two positives we do do. And those positives are we delight and meditate on his word. And then the psalmist gives us a beautiful word picture in verse three. The blessed person, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and its leaf also does not wither, and all that he does shall prosper. Now, I'm from the East Coast United States, Pennsylvania. You dig a hole, you're going to hit water. It rains, it's green all the time. And the first time I ever really saw drought, was when I went to Bible College. And that was in Ozark, Arkansas. It's like going from Sydney to Ayers Rock. That's the distance. And I drove down, and as I got closer into Arkansas, crossed the Mississippi River, it started getting browner and browner and browner. Now, my Bible College was on a, a small mountain with eight hairpin turns and a plateau. You know, it was flat on top. You may have seen some of that in westerns. And, of course, one of the first things you're going to do when you drive on top is go look at the view. And when I went to the view, there was this strip of green that just snaked down as far as the eye could see. And that was the Arkansas River, the only place that was green. Now, I live in Australia. I live in Musselbrook. I know we got, it's a little green right now because we've gotten a little bit of rain. Uh, but there's not much green when you start going inland. But, you know, the word picture is the person who, who delights in the word of God, who meditates on the word of God, is like that tree planted by the rivers of water. You're, you're alive, you're green, and you're growing, and you're bearing fruit. But the word picture for the person who doesn't delight in the word of God. Verse 4, but the wicked are not so but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Before we had our first rains, about a, uh, six, eight weeks ago, we cut the grass, not that it grew much, and it just blew away. So there was farmers, paddocks, who was there's just nothing left. wind was blown away and that's the picture of the wicked person that's the picture who who approaches life they get their counsel from unsafe things they don't filter their counsel through the word of God they stand in the path of sinners and they sit in the seat of the scornful and their life is just like dry grass chaff which blows away but the blessed person meditates on the word of he delights in the word of God. And the last verse says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked shall perish. So, guys, my challenge to you all, if you're standing at a fork of the road, you're never too old to read and to meditate and to learn the word. Dive into the word of God. I once read that the word of God is so shallow that the youngest child will not drown, but so deep that the wisest scholar will never reach the bottom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege we have to come into your house. And we would pray that today the Spirit of God would take your word and minister it in our lives. Father, we look forward to seeing what you will do in Evan's head in the days to come. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And ask the